The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Mark Amtower of Amtower and Company, which is entirely responsible for its content. This is Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of federal marketing. Now, your host, Mark Amtower. Welcome to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here today with a return guest, my annual visit with Joanne Wojtek, Program Manager of the NASA Soup GWAC. Joanne, welcome back. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, you know, we probably should do this more than once a year, but at least we get <laughs> it in, right? Yeah. So for for the person out there who may not know about soup, tell people uh, um, who you are, what you do, and what soup does. Yeah, so as mentioned, I'm Joanne Wojtek. I'm uh, the program director of, of the NASA Soup uh, contract vehicle. We are uh, now going into our 28th or 29th, I guess it'll be 29 years of existence um, as the first government-wide acquisition contract vehicle. Um, we're in our first iteration, Soup 5, providing IT, audiovisual, and communications products and services to the federal government. Um, one of the largest uh, and now officially the largest IT government contract vehicle um, and um, also the one besides GSA that goes to every federal agency is used by every federal agency on a regular basis. So um, that's that's a quick summary. So uh, yeah, so you're a happy camper. Uh, You've been growing this vehicle. uh, Wow. Yes, every year it's testing growth. It's been a pretty yeah. amazing ride. I, I had the opportunity the other day to wear my uh, NASA lanyard with the uh, 25th anniversary five versions of soup uh, ribbons <laughs> on a call. People, I, I got to tell you, people were impressed. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not everybody got invited to that party. Yeah, uh, that was a- Two years ago now, <laughs> many pre yeah. the in the, in the before times, as we like to say. <laughs> well, you know, you have a party. I'll come if if you <laughs> invite me. So uh, so let's let's get into this uh, a bit. Um, first question I want to ask is: uh, We're now what twenty some odd months into the pandemic. How have you guys been uh, dealing with that aspect of it? I mean, I'll. I'll let you take it. <laughs> so it, it, I, I won't. I'm not going to say that it's wonderful <laughs> where we're at, but fortunately, um, prior to March of 2020, um, and and not too long before that, we had finalized getting our systems to a place where they were more robust, um, and we had actually had um, prior to this whole situation a fire in our building and. And, and on an emergency basis, everyone had to leave the building and work from home for for quite a while. Um, and um, and so we didn't know it was going to be a real fire test <laughs> of our ability to work from home for, for two years, but um, it did become that. Um, so we had an already equipped uh, folks. Obviously, we got more equipment out once this became clear that we needed to support them longer term working from home. Um, and, um, and the staff has just... Uh, rallied and, and, and worked well. Um, 
we're very, I think we're all fortunate that we have technologies um, that allow for the virtual meetings and, and chats. Again, not, not ideal all the time, but it's, it's at least there. Um, and so um, we weren't, we were not all that negatively affected. Um, we do look forward to hopefully go, going back next year to a hybrid office where we are in the office a few times a, a week at least so that we can get back some of the personal interactions that we miss that were part of making us a, 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 a well-running machine. Um, knowing the people can really help. So, well, Yeah, for, for you guys especially, I mean, uh, everybody talks about being innovative, but you guys truly are. So that innovation side comes from brainstorming and it's much, much better face-to-face than it is on a, a virtual platform. Both that and just, and just the uh, spontaneity, you can't just walk down the hallway. Um, now you pick up, you pick up the phone, but then you start, you know, you, you don't, it's just not the same. Yes. So, so we're we're hoping to get there. I, I think there's a definite mix that that works. Um, things that things that we've learned, um, but um, but we'll, we'll we'll wait till the uh, <laughs> till the COVID maps show us that it's safe to do so. <laughs> yeah. By the time I pick up the phone, I forget what I was going to say anyway. So the spontaneity <laughs> is just totally gone. <laughs> yeah. I hate when that happens. Um, so uh, give give me a few. Uh, uh, stats, um, number of contractors, the 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 volume that was passed through soup in twenty one, and compare that with twenty. We won't speculate yet on twenty two. So um, so in twenty one, um, we had um, six point six billion in new orders, three point five billion approximately in uh, or three point six billion in uh, in mods. So in total we actually went for the first time went over ten billion in in funding uh, in actual funding of, of orders through the contract. Um, this this was an eleven percent eleven and a half percent increase over last year, which um, which might seem uh, good, but it actually is one of our lowest increases. Um, so we, we we did increase over ten percent, which is kind of my always my bottom line. I hope we can do that each year, um, and uh, but not not as spectacularly as some of the previous years. We did, yeah, um, but on a raw dollar basis, it is. <laughs> it's it's still a lot, and um, and the the other interesting stat is that um, while the number of orders increased, they only uh, and and you know orders and mods that we. Uh, process increased to 34,000 um, actions in that year. That's only a 5% increase, which shows a, an increase in the average order size, which is something that I take as a, as a good good sign. Uh, we want to have as much consolidation of usage and, and making use of a contract like ours with larger orders is probably a better thing. So um, so we were happy to see that that, um, that increase occur or actually that the increase in number of orders did not, was not as high so that we were actually making more of that consolidated usage. Um, we have, and you have the number of contracts, we have 141 contract holders. Um, those are companies that, that competed for and were awarded a contract for suit five. Um, we have, have passed the 8,100 um, providers. These are companies who either have products or services and or services um, on one of those 141 contracts, um, we continue to add about, I, I'm guessing, 15 to 25 new companies a week. 
um, to the list of companies who have products and services on the contract. Um, that 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 is perhaps and more than the net dollar amount is pretty surprising to me. I didn't realize that that it would continue to grow so much, but uh, but we continue to have that increase, and that that's also a good sign showing the the breadth of what Soup can provide and and how our customers are using us. That that's great. I mean, you know, I I. I... I've been following your vehicle, obviously, for a long, long time, and I've seen uh, some companies use it, not necessarily exclusively, but they've used it as a primary vehicle to go from that uh, active small business status, regardless of whether it's a set-aside small or other small, to uh, to healthy, medium-sized and in some cases too large, uh, and they're and they're still right there on your contract, right? And and, and that's a good story. I, the other story I like is that that every contract holder has done it. You know, within the first year of the contracts, every contract holder had had at least one order. Um, we want we, we want success for our customers in acquiring the the products and services and we want successful industry in, in selling theirs. So we, we see ourselves as a, the middle broker of that interaction. Okay. So um, I know that once upon a time, <laughs> pre-pandemic, that you made it a point to visit pretty much every contractor, uh, every prime on, on your vehicle every year for a you know, site visit, pep talk, whatever. Um, how, how are you dealing with that now? Well, it was act, at, with C5, it wasn't every year. It, it was as, as quickly as we could, which I think took three years because <laughs> there are 140 of them uh, spread throughout the, the, the country. Uh, but we did visit them all, and then we did a second round. And by we, I mean other people on my staff. So I was a part of the first round. <laughs> and then our contract holding relationship manager, George Nickel, and his staff uh, went through and did the same thing a second time. So in the five years, we've done two of those. Um, so we obviously haven't been able to do that this time around uh, in the past two years, but we continue to have regular interactions, uh, both by email and, and occasional uh, full meetings with all the companies at, at one time. Um, plus, as, as either new program managers come on board, um, we'll have them dial in to a meeting and, and make sure that they're up to date. Um, so still a very robust interaction, just not as directly one-on-one because of the, the lack of travel. Okay. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'll return with Joanne right after this. And by the way, you can find soup at soup, S-E-W-P dot NASA dot gov. And you can find Joanne and her staff on LinkedIn. Back in a minute. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here today with Joanne Wojtek of the NASA Soup Contract, uh, the the oldest and, from my perspective, uh, and those of many in industry, the best-run GWAC in our market. So a uh, question I wanted to ask last segment but forgot was, how how did Smalls do on Soup last year, the last FY? So Soup has always had a robust use of small businesses, and last year was no different. 86.5% of the dollar amounts and 82.7% of the of the orders went to small businesses uh, last last fiscal year. And that's that's been pretty common for uh, 
for a long time. I won't say from the beginning because we weren't as, as as many small businesses in Soup One when we had eight companies and five were, <laughs> were manufacturers. <laughs> yeah, I, I I vaguely recall that. Um, uh, but but yeah, I mean that it it's it's one of the reasons why number one I have you on every year, and I write about soup a couple of times during the year because this is an extremely important vehicle for smalls if they are able to win a spot. Um, if they're not able to win a direct spot, how can they play uh, um, anyway? Besides, I mentioned um, in the first segment that, that we add about 10 to 25 companies a week, um, and that's as providers, so not not directly through contracts. So Soup, unlike uh, what many companies are used to the GSA schedules, where um, their model is um, if you're selling something to government, you can get a contract through the schedules to sell that that item. And so it's more it could be more direct. And that obviously there are reasons for, for doing that, and that's, that's, a, that's a good thing for that model. For the Soup model... Um, there's also a good reason to do it in the suit model way, which is um, we have these 140 contract holders and, and almost all of them are resellers and, and distributors of, of products and services and not themselves the manufacturer or, or original provider. So those 140 don't change. Those those were awarded through the contract process. The next change will be in 2025 20, um, um, with soup six. Um, so it's a few years still away before any RFP or anything of that nature occurs. But in the meantime, if a company has a product or service and they want to sell the government um, and they want a, 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 another way to do it other than through the schedules, the other way to do it is use soup, work with the resellers on one more, and we, rec- we recommend more than one uh, reseller, get your products and services on their contract. It's real easy. Um, from our point of view, you do have to work business-to-business arrangements with that the reseller. I understand that. But if you are selling something in scope, it's going to be easily, and by easily, I mean within a day, within actually usually minutes, if, if at, at least hours, if not minutes, um, your, your, your company and your products can be available to the U.S. government to purchase. And that's why um, it's a different model. And yes, it does involve another step with the reseller, but it allows us to manage and, and, and handle things in a much more timely way in a much more controlled way by having that 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 model. And there are other benefits to the government by having the opportunity to buy from one company, one RFQ, getting all of your solution, then having to do five or ten RFQs to get you know to put put together a solution from different companies. Right. So uh, let let me ask a uh, slightly different question: Is there any federal agency that does not tap into soup? Um, as of last year, no, because we finally. Finally, the CIA uh, did an order that we knew of last year. But <laughs> uh, for, for all of Soup 5, I kept saying all of them use us, except we weren't sure about CIA. Uh, we did get a CIA order. So um, so every it's not just, as a GWAC, it's not just that, that they can use us. We are actually being utilized by every single agency. Obviously not by every single procurement office, but um, right. and, But that that is a big part of our growth is 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 continuing to grow the number of agents, the procurement offices that use us once they hear about the agency themselves using us. Well, once they see how easy it is to use too. So you've got a number of strategic goals for 2022. So um, outline a few of these, please. Uh, so so last year we started doing strategic goals on a, on a 
regular basis than just being second year being a regular basis um, and, and learned a lot. And, and, and I think we have a really good plan for this coming year to, to move the, continue to move the, the uh, program further and, and the contract usage and the ease of use and all those uh, together. Um, and the three we're focusing on this coming year as strategic goals. And we have many other types of goals, but the strategic ones are um, dealing with industry. So I mentioned that that 8,000, 8,100 companies and how we add them. The uh, amount of information that's involved in, in understanding what a company is and how they relate to resales and how they relate to the supply chain and, and where they actually come from, and all this information um, is important for, for, for knowledge if you want to have a good supply chain process of, of risk management. We want to make sure that we really understand that well. So that's that's the, the main focus of that that strategic goal is to dig into it. We already do a pretty good job. We want to do a better job. Um, the other one has to do with uh, with another area that we're already good at, but we want to get even better at, which is um, external communication. And by that, we mean primarily our communications to our customers through trainings and events. Um, and, and this is actually a common theme as it will be with the, with the next goal. And that is we've been doing the same training slides essentially for 20 years. Obviously there's some changes, but the basic process we do for training has not changed. And it's about time for it to change. I, and so I want this team to go out and find out what is it that, that can innovate and, and, and provide a new methodology to educate our customers, both virtually and in person. So they'll, they'll be looking to that along with other um, concerns around how we do that, that communication and that training. And the third goal also has to do with the 20 year um, statement of mine, which is uh, about 20 years ago or so Java came about maybe a little longer now, um, really uh, innovated how we uh, work with websites. Websites became dynamic, um, really cool. Websites haven't changed much in 20 some years. Our way to communicate to our customers through through the web, the way that we provide that, that um, that interaction, and by we, I don't mean soup. I mean we, the world, <laughs> has not changed significantly, um, and and I think it's time it does. So um, this is our our, our most uh, extreme, if you want to look at it, uh, vision. Uh, it's a call to vision quest. Um, we are going to look at a new way of of interacting with customers on our website. Um, that, that is different from what anybody else does. As we like to say, we want it to be stunning, but practical. Um, there's a lot of stunning things out there, and there's a lot of practical things out there. It's, it's hard to get both together, and, and we're going to try to do that. Yeah, I, I remember when things became stunning, and, and everybody had those flash things on their, their website, and you know it took an extra 30, 40 seconds to <laughs> get to the meat, and that, that started really irritating people right uh me, that, that's the me first <laughs> yeah yes, yes. i mean yeah, that's, it's yeah. sort of like so so if you look at the metaverse for example that's the new thing and i think I, my guess is that that's the sort of thing that's very stunning um but how practical is it in in, in, in what we want to do for our customer maybe not but I, I a hint of what i'm thinking of is i'm really thinking of, of a visual website um get rid of the um the, the text and and show show the customer how to get to where they want. So our customer wants to get to, I want to buy X, do you have it? And and, and how much does it cost and how do I buy it? And they, want, they have basic questions and they have to go through, you know, all these processes to get to it. Um, we want to find find the best routes to do it in a way that, that they can visualize and see it while remaining 
we'll always have the old old version of the website out there, you know, the text and all that. But something that will, will give them that 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 interaction that that that, that is more um, intuitive in in how they interact, um, but does not slow down to twenty seconds per <laughs> yeah interaction. That that's interesting to me. Back in the direct mail days when government was still uh, receiving a, a ton and a half of mail a day, um, Lotus, remember Lotus? Lotus, uh, Lotus's ad agency came up with a direct mail package that, you know, it gave the tech specs and what it did, but it also provided a legitimate order form to show you how to order the product through whatever vehicle you wanted. So it was a step-by-step process because, you know, 20 plus years ago, that wasn't necessarily intuitive, particularly for end users working with a, uh, a smart pay card um, and, and, you know, just made it so much easier. So the more, more direct you can be, I I've talked to Marcus about this. So I knew a little bit about the direction your website was going. I'm very anxious to, uh, to see it. So am I. <laughs> I have an idea. We'll see if it works. <laughs> and, yes. and, and that, and, and that, by, as in terms of my history at, you know, at NASA, and I just hit my 44 years at NASA uh, just last week. Um, uh, the entire 44 years can be summed up by by customer from the very beginning, from the 70s. I've been dealing with customer interface interactions um, in one form or another. And as I look back, I said, "Yeah, this is really the culmination of, of all that I've done in terms of." Finding new ways to provide information to our customers, whatever whoever they might be, in a in a way that that fits where they're coming from and not where I think they should be coming from. Cool. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. Joanne Wojtek is my guest. She's the PM of the NASA Soup GWAC. We shall return right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here with Joanne Wojtek of the NASA Soup Program, and she's literally run it since uh, just about day one. Um, and it is the oldest of the GWACs out there, the first GWAC ever, and ten billion last year. Zally, um, we we touched on the uh, your strategic goals earlier. What other types of goals do you have? for your program in the coming year? So, so one of the things I, I learned, at least in terms of how we operate, is because uh, we did have strategic goals in, in a previous year, and these are calendar years, so we are in, in that process. Um, and what we learned is that you could take a good strategic goal for how we operate becomes an operational goal in the, in the, after its year is done. And that just happened, and particularly with, something we're calling Soup University, um, where that was a strategic goal last year. Now it's an operational goal to implement a robust internal staff learning process. So along with that growth in, in, in usage is a, a corresponding growth in staff. Um, so you have what used to be a 10-person staff, a 20-person staff. Um, we're now reaching 120. Uh, by next year, it could be 150 people um, at the same time. COVID, as I did say, a lot of things were good. You know, we're not good, but we're okay at being teleworking. Um, but but internal staff training and bringing them on board becomes more difficult. Um, so we thought it was time to really focus on 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 that process. 
especially when you have such a large program as soup with so many aspects to what we do and so many types of staff. Um, we just felt that that was uh, a key uh, focus. Again, last year we, 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 we came up with what the structure should be and we now just hired somebody. I just actually had a uh, presentation, 90 day presentation uh, by our new coordinator uh, on, on how that's gonna proceed. So looking forward to, to doing some new uh, things there. Um, one of the other goals that, that is, is going to be focused on this year that, that was a strategic goal last year uh, dealt with data. Um, the only way for all of, the, all of us to operate well and for us to do these new goals, particularly the, the vision statement, the, I mean, the vision goal is, um, is to have good data. And while we think we have some of the best data in terms of, of IT acquisition uh, that we can possibly have, um, there's still lots of holes <laughs> Um, and lots of ways that it can be uh, not, you know, not as clear. And, and we want to make that as, as good as possible in terms of knowing what products are available, you know, how do you get them and, and so on. So uh, lots of pieces to that. And we're going to focus quite a bit on that this next year. Okay. Any others? Um, so uh, the, um, the other goal um, is we are going to be looking at what comes next for soup. Um, so, um, we have we have we are starting that process. I mentioned 2025. It's amazing when you're only a few years away. You've got to start early. So uh, so we will certainly be looking at that and um, and start planning. But don't don't expect anything public for for a couple of years on on Soup Six. But um, yeah, we're always looking at that. In fact, people say, "Have hey, we started?" Well, we started the day Soup Five was awarded. <laughs> start looking at what what could, what could happen to to make Soup Six work well. So. Um, we are we are always innovating in that regard in, in, in how we can can best proceed. So um, so we, we we keep ourselves busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's funny you should put it that way because my advice to the companies, particularly the smaller companies that want to get on the vehicle as a prime, is to start planning now. Give yourself that three year runway. Develop some relationships with the companies already selling understand how the program works, understand the scope of the program. Um, you know, anything you can, you can learn between now and RFI, RFP uh, time uh, is going to help you on that edge. Absolutely. That's that all wonderful advice that I agree with when, when people say, well, yeah, what can I do? Well, learn because this, these, it is a different methodology and, we, there will obviously be changes that always are from five to six, as they were from one to two to three to four. But but the basic structure will be there. The basic idea of having you know the contracts set the way they are. So if you're a small company who makes one product, you're not going to get a soup contract. That's not how soup operates. <laughs> um, if you're a reseller of products, make sure that you're working with lots of companies that you understand that that, that it's meant to be a broad uh, and, and in depth contract vehicle that, that a, cu a customer can come to and acquire what they want in the IT communication and AB world all at once. And, and your company needs to be able to be in that world <clears throat> to be a contract holder. You don't, you can be that single item creator, but then you'll work with those contract holders. And that's, that's our, our model. Cool. Um, so they, you, you play a role, um, in the the uh, international standards body, bringing a a government perspective there, 
what is your role here? What what are you doing? So um, since actually since the beginning of Soup Soup One, um, we have been a part of what is now the Open Group. Um, at the time, they were uh, X Open, um, and and we got involved with them because they actually own the uh, the Unix trademark. And, and back in Soup One, that was a, a part of our RFP was that you had to be uh, Unix certified. Obviously, a, a, a not no longer a requirement to be on Soup. Um, but but still, uh, they, they grew, and, and in terms of different types of standards that they worked with um, in different areas that they worked with, they're well-known for their architecture work. Um, they have done a lot of work in security that we we have supported in the past. And um, and several years back, they um, were asked by DOD, the Defense Department here, uh, the CIO office, to, um, to work on supply chain risk management and see if there were some standards that could be produced that would be helpful in that arena. And um, and so we, uh, NASA Soup, being a part of the open group, knew about that going on and, and joined that uh, that committee. And um, w- mostly it was it was driven by industry, which is a good thing. It wasn't government coming in and saying, you, you industry, you have to do this to you know fix supply chain because we're not the supply chain experts, the industry is. Um, and um, it was a very interesting experience, though, to learn how industry, uh, some of the major companies in, in industry operate um, and, and think. And um, so we learned a lot there, but we also came out with a, a standard um, that eventually came an ISO standard, ISO 20243. And that standard um, is geared towards helping to reduce the risk of, of counterfeit and tainting in the supply chain. So it's a targeted, it's not meant to to fulfill all of the supply chain problems of the world, but specifically uh, looking at, at what, what can companies do in their processes and policies to reduce that risk. We always hear about the, you know, the knockoffs and the uh, uh, non-OEM portions being fed into the supply chain. How prevalent is this? Um. Well, I don't know how I can't. I'm not an expert to say how prevalent it is. Uh, it's just probably more prevalent than we would like to, <laughs> to hope. Um, it is. It is why supply chain risk management and risk management is. A, I always point out is a key part of that phrase um, because you can only mitigate risks. Uh, so the counterfeiting is. Is you know how do you that that that's not so much a putting in, but just somebody selling you a Cisco product when it's not a Cisco product. Um, how do you make sure that doesn't happen? Um, and between between what we do and, and the NIST guidelines that are out there, um, they they help to show ways to that the government should build into their processes to reduce it. I I would say that um, one of the reasons Soup has focused so much on understanding providers and and their relationships to our resellers is to provide our customers with the information that can help them understand how to reduce the risk. So how do you make sure that this company is selling a product that um, that the manufacturer is signing up for, essentially approving um, that, that, that supply chain? Um, and, and we have a very robust process to do that. Um, we actually, it's, it's almost a simple idea that I'm surprised more people don't do, but Rather than relying on a piece of paper that says I'm an authorized reseller, and pieces of paper notoriously easy to 
fake and not, not have meaning or have wrong meanings or have different meanings or be side by somebody who doesn't know what, what they're signing or who knows what. Um, we actually go back to the manufacturer and ask them directly, their federal, if, if possible, their federal representative, is this company okay to sell your product? Um, and if they are, then we tell the customer they are. And if they aren't, we tell the customer, well, you can buy from them, but you're taking a risk that they might be doing things and the company doesn't know about it. So, um, so that, that's our way of dealing with it. And since we've done that, I have not heard as, you know, we used to hear about occasional times when, when a product would come in and appear to have counterfeit pieces. Um, we have not seen that in years. And I think that's in part because we have such a, a strong relationship process for for ensuring those companies are the runs that should be selling the product well you you also in the uh soup five language didn't you require certain uh uh things about the supply chain certain verifications um what we what we don't we we're, we're very careful about our our position and again risk management is the key here so what we what we require is is that we know as much as we can so that we can tell our customer so our customer can as plainly as possible see what's happening. So our customer gets in, gets five quotes. When they get those quotes, um, three of them will go in a tab that says everything you want matches these quotes. You want to have an authorized reseller, they're authorized. You want to have them ISO standard certified, they're ISO standard certified. You want to make sure that they are um, they that the the manufacturer is your brand name manufacturer. Um, we'll make sure that um, if if they if the two of them don't have any of those matches, that goes into a separate place. The customer can still look at them. They can say, "Oh, it's a risk, but I'm going to do it anyway." Uh, you know, we'll, but we're going to make sure that they know the difference, and we give them that that very. Going back to my visual, it's very visual to them now. They can visualize immediately which ones match what they want, which ones may not, but they can take a risk for. Um, and and then and then then make a determination. I'm buying a cable, going to my TV set. Maybe not, I'm not going to worry as much about an authorized reseller. I'm buying a Cisco router. I'm buying a, Ju- a Juniper router. I'm buying a you know Dell or an HP. I probably want them to be authorized. Um, so so the customer can make that that view and make that decision. Cool. We're going to take our final break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center. My guest is Joanne Wojtek of the NASA Soup Contract, and Joanne and I will return right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here with Joanne Wojtek, who runs the the best GWAC in in government, the Soup Contract. Um, Joanne, you have some uh, some expertise, some insight into the supply chain issues. Wrap that up for us, will you, please? Yeah. So um, as as we moved along, I mentioned the ISO standard and and um, and the work that we're doing with providers. One of the things that that we recognize our position in the government is to be an informer of information. We don't we don't make policy, we don't make decisions, but we try to inform and. and Supply chain is certainly one of those areas that one of the key problems is there's so much information. There's so many different ways of getting that information. There's overlap. How, how do we handle that? So so we have this ISO standard dealing with, with again, uh, counterfeit and tainting of products. There's an there's a, a NIST um, guidelines out there um, that deals with the supply chain, particularly for high-level um, high systems. So what we did is we actually did what's called a crosswalk, where uh, we went through and and picked out what parts of the ISO standard match up with that NIST guidelines, so that the customer can go to that, that paper and say, "Oh, look! If I 
if I require the ISO standard, I think here this part of the NIST guidelines. Um, and that is a, 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 a white paper came out of that. It is available on our website at soup.nasa.gov. Um, and um, encourage anybody interested in supply chain to uh, to look it over and, and see, see if that would be helpful for them in making that risk management decision without having to go do two different things and not know how they correlate. Um, and, and we'll look at other places where we can do that in the future. Um, we, we, we leveraged that white white paper to bring in a forum um, last a uh, few months ago um, with some supply chain experts, not just about soup, but about supply chain in general. Um, it went very well. And so we are planning a, another event um, in the spring, um, still to be determined um, how in-person it will be and, 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 um, and when. But uh, we encourage anybody interested in supply chain to, to go to our website uh, regularly. Um, you can send a note to help at soup.asset.gov and, and we can put you on our, our, our list to let you know when, when we decide to have this forum. Um, but we really feel like we have a place in the government to, to provide a, a voice to just how do you do things practically. Not, 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 not how do you do uh, the impractical of supply chain, which is you can't do everything. There's just too many options. What, what can we do in a, and that helps our, our government customers get what they want in, in a secure way? Okay. So um, was the last forum live? It was virtual. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, you said you brought people together. I didn't know if you meant physically no. <laughs> or not, but yeah, yeah, a little hard. Um, and and if you tried to, there'd always be, you know, 50% drop off at the last minute. I hate when that happens. Um, so you you have uh, your, your industry initiative. Um... Yes. So, so going back to that, I mentioned the providers, and we do a lot with providers. Um, and, and I also mentioned supply chain risk management. Our, our customers still come up with amazing questions that it's like, well, we still have a ways to go to, to get to them because we thought we understood it all back five years ago and, and learned that we did it. Um, a good example is, you know, how, how do we, 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 we try to tell people if, if somebody's approved to sell a product. That's, that's easy with an IBM, a Cisco, an HP, each pick a big company, Oracle. We have a federal person we go to, they can verify that's great. I want to buy a cable that was manufactured in Singapore by a one-person uh, place, and there are places like that. <clears throat> How am I going to go to them and get approval? <laughs> they don't. They don't approve things. They just they, they're selling through a, a reseller and distributor, and it just goes somewhere. So, so how do we how do we match up the reality of, of businesses that, that range from the very smallest to the very largest that have different ways of, of working, either directly only with customers or only through distributors or, or a mixture thereof? How do we determine what, whether a company is owned by a company in England or China? And how do we make sure that that information is clear to our customers as to who owns it when there are so many ways of owning a company or financing a company? Uh, we have a lot of, the government doesn't spend a lot of time, I don't think, understanding businesses. Uh, I think if we want to really understand supply chain, we also have to understand businesses and, 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 and how they operate amongst themselves. So we can best inform our customers going back to how do you make sure that you're not getting a, a product that's been, you know, um, in some way modified. Best way to do that is to know you have a, you, you have an understanding of how the businesses interact with each other. 
So we're going to spend a bit of time understanding that. Okay. So I want to wrap up by asking about your, uh, your, your customer odyssey team. Is, is that an overlap here? Or, I mean, I've heard you, right. you've, you've talked to me about the next best thing several right. times. Yeah. You were actually there for the first time I said that, <laughs> I believe uh, the next best thing. Um, and that, that's when I, I, you know, started that, that team customer odyssey. It's, the vision quest that we talked about is 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 a uh, offshoot in, 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 of that. Um, you know, I brought that idea in, but we didn't really have it formulated well as to what was going to happen there. So we decided to make it more of a strategic goal, go across the uh, landscape. But that's still our, our goal is to provide our customers with that that new way of interacting, um, but also um, learn things and use them even as you go along. So our website has been altered because of that customer odyssey, um, not dramatically, but um, but new features added, um, new concepts being brought to our operations team that they are incorporating in as they, you know, as they work. So, um, so it's a multi-year plan, but it's, it's, it's well on its way. Okay. I, I want to give a quick shout out to, uh, to Marcus, John, and Kathy for for facilitating getting us back together here. Um, so thanks, guys. Um, give me give me your final thoughts. What do you want people to walk away from this interview understanding about Soup Five and maybe Soup Six? Um, well, I, I hope that what's come through is is we are anxious to be that that program that that helps government acquire what they want when they want it, secure, as securely as possible, with as much knowledge as possible, while also supporting industry and in, 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 in providing that technology to our customers. We, we don't make decisions, but we can help both sides provide information and learn information and very much that information broker in the acquisition world. That, that's what we're here for. Um, watch, watch our site. Get in touch with us. We can help you, whether you're industry or government. Yep. Soup dot nasa.gov joanne thank you very much for joining me again always a pleasure to have you and i hope to uh hope to actually physically visit you sometime in 22 uh i haven't been to your office i haven't been to your offices since the party um so and i don't want to wait for the next one um, this is not my day job. I do advise companies on all aspects of marketing to the government, but I focused, uh, especially the last few years, on social networking via LinkedIn, content marketing, building a subject matter expert platform, and account-based marketing. All of that revolves around having the right vehicles like Soup. But anyway, if any of that resonates with you, drop me a line markamtower at gmail.com. Find me on LinkedIn. And thank you very much for listening to Amtower Off Center. You've been listening to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Tune in Mondays at noon or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.